Warning, Mombies will discuss information regarding true crime or other topics that are spooky in nature. This may be offensive to some listeners. For more information on the potential trigger warnings in this episode, please review our show notes and be cautious when listening. I'm Beth. I'm Christina. And I'm Holly. And we're the Mombies. That's a great question. Weird. Just just absolutely strange. How do you even do that? I feel like that's gotta mean something. Something, 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 something. Hello, spooky humans. Welcome back to the Mombies Podcast. I'm your host, Christina. And I'm Beth. And today we continue our focus on the LGBTQ cases in honor of Pride Month. And I have two cases for you that are actually eerily similar, even though they occurred 33 years apart. It kind of makes you wonder how far collectively we've actually really come and how we treat the LGBTQ community. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. (sighs) Man, but before we jump in, how have you been? Uh, Not too bad. I had to teach my brother how to... (laughs) I, I not teach him because he didn't fucking listen, but how to figure out uh, his account balance do. stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> I told him on the phone, I just got my, my mom has passed away, but I told him I just got a glimpse of what it would have been like to teach mom how to use like the Internet and online banking. And I'm real. Thanks. I'm glad I don't have to do that because, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> oh, was, my God. My brother's he's in his 50s, so he's a little older than I am. But I was like, oh. What are you doing? But what? I will say sometimes I feel that way. Sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> true, true. He was so, so he had money in his account that he didn't know was supposed to be there or that wasn't, I guess wasn't supposed to be there. So he's like, my account, nice is, surprise. My account has $3,000 and I was like, well, that never happens. And I thought you'd be telling me it was like negative and it was supposed to have money in it. That's how mine always goes. Oh, that's my, I mistakenly put it there. Right. That's Oops, my money. <laughs> sorry. They did. Depo- I'm sorry. They put, <laughs> that was mine. The wrong. I did punch a number. It was supposed to. So he tells me this yesterday on the phone and I'm like, Okay, so I'm trying to walk him through it. My brother does not have online banking. I don't think he keeps a checkbook. So I'm like, uh, okay, well, you know, could it be? He's like, well, is there an- was there another stimulus? I was like, no, I don't think so. Why don't you just call the bank? And he's like, well, I just went up there and they gave me this, this you know, the transaction receipt and it says I have $3,000, you know what? And I, that's not the right amount. I don't understand. And I was like, so call them. You don't have to go back up there. You can just call them on the phone, try to talk to a teller and say, hey, what? he's like, well, I don't want to tell them like if it's their mistake. And I was like, oh. you're not going to use the money. You just got done saying like if they, they're going to take the money back. So then just fucking call them and like right. tell them. So he's like, well, I don't know. Maybe, you know, we'll see whatever. Remember. So, but, so I'm on the phone with them and I'm like, hey, so well, did like maybe a bill didn't come out? Well, she right. didn't tell me that. And I was like okay but if you like okay so i'm trying to explain like if you paid your mortgage on like you know chase or whoever's website your teller doesn't know right and he was not i was he was on a different track than i was which we realized today that's what online banking is for but like fucking 40 times i'm like but but did you like pay your mortgage and maybe it didn't come out and it's a 
but but you're but did you is there and he just was like well she didn't tell me i'm like she wouldn't know how would she know that <laughs> so i couldn't i couldn't make him get it and it's because we were talking about two different things apparently he didn't understand what i was saying and so he was on a different track and he's like right. i don't fucking understand why you like we're both on the phone like i don't fucking understand why you don't get this like what is happening so then today he calls me and tells me yeah i got paid i didn't i didn't realize that i got paid. <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh, okay great <laughs> Which loops us back to the online banking. Glad we had that 45-minute conversation (laughs) about your mortgage company. Love you. But I I mean, I I would do that for him, so it's okay. I told him I would absolutely do this for one person in the world, and it's you. So don't be telling our other brothers that I do this. Don't offer up my services. I said, if if your brothers call me and ask how to work online banking, I'm telling them to call you. Right. I'm only doing this for you. So (laughs) I've passed on my knowledge. Now you can tell the rest. (laughs) That's it. The youngest one is my responsibility. The older ones are your responsibility. You got that. (laughs) This, this shit rolls uphill. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, how are you doing? Oh, I am good. I am finally better. I got to go on a fantastic trip to Cancun for a wedding for um, the lovely bride, Lauren, that I have known since high school. And I went with some high school friends. So we reconnected after years of not seeing each other. So it was lots of fun. And it was a beautiful wedding. Congratulations, Lauren. Yes, congratulations, Lauren. Again, you were gorgeous. The ceremony was lovely. We got to be out on the beach. The, The weather behaved so jealous so it was just fantastic and um yeah lived to the fullest but then what about that um lovely parting gift that you got to bring home yeah so (laughs) about that (laughs) the highest of highs to the lowest of lows (laughs) i got a tickle on my way home like my second flight um i'll like i started like kind of coughing a little bit and i'm like oh my allergies we're back in the states you know whatever like people are gonna think i have covid (laughs) you know better put my mask on just so people feel okay you know (laughs) and uh sure enough the next day i felt you know pretty bad and then worse and then worse on the third day i you know got word that other people at the wedding were testing positive and my Mm. actually my travel companion um i left the husband at home and traveled with the girlfriend so um, we had lots of fun, but she also did test positive, and so we kind of had um, a miserable time after that. But finally, on the mend. Yay! And we yes. and we missed you last. I week. know, couldn't record last week because of the covids, but yeah. back to normal, back at my old shenanigans, being my old self. So Yay. yeah, welcome back. Thank you. And I'm glad you at least had a relaxing time and didn't get COVID until you got, I mean, oh, you got absolutely. it there, but at least you didn't get sick until you got home. Truly, truly. Because they did, they test you before you have to come back. And so luckily I tested oh. negative the day before <laughs> <laughs> because I would have been stuck there, which right. I'm okay with, right. but you know. But I mean, as bad as you were feeling, you don't want to be there after yeah, that exactly, either. Exactly, exactly. That good, Save that, good that vacation time for a better, a better time. Yeah. yeah. Come home and feel like turds. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, back at it and back to recording this week. So I do, like I mentioned, I have two stories to tell you today. I'm pretty. I mean, not excited, obviously, because it's going to be horrific. But I'm excited to hear your stories. (laughs) Yeah. I. uh, I. From what I gather, you aren't very familiar with at least the first story that I I am. I am not really familiar with either of them. Like I I remember the second one being. Well, I don't know which one's first, but I remember the second one being like in the news, obviously, because it's pretty recent. Um, and I remember just that little bit about it, 
Right. Just the basics, but I didn't really look into it a whole lot with everything else that was happening at the same sure. time. So I think I think that's the same with everyone. Everyone probably is a little bit familiar with the second case, yeah. but not the, the exact details. And the exciting update on the case as well, too, that I have. So Yay. let's go ahead and jump in. All right. All right. So on Thursday, May 12th, 1988, Ooh, okay. 28-year-old Elizabeth White and her partner, 31-year-old Claudia Brenner set out to go hiking and camping on the Appalachian Trail in Michaud State Forest in Pennsylvania. They actually parked their car on Dead Woman's Hollow Road, which is a frightening mm. omen that neither woman had any awareness of as they set out that day. No, I'm sure they were just like, oh, that's kind of crazy. Uh, right. Made, right. Made a little joke about it. And yeah, because yeah, oh. no one thinks. No one knows. No, of course not. Oh. They wound their way through the foliage along a meandering path that led them to the first spot they found to camp for that night. The two were maintaining a long-distance relationship. Claudia had been in Israel for a year researching her thesis and had just moved back home to Ithaca, New York, while Rebecca was in Blacksburg, Virginia, and where they had met at Virginia Tech. And she was working on her master's degree in business administration. So they planned this romantic weekend getaway in a place in between their two locations, Aww. which I think is so sweet and so romantic. It was an important trip to them uh, for them to reconnect in person and enjoy themselves. They believed they were alone and were leaning into the freedom of having privacy in nature. And I can only imagine that feeling of freedom they must have been feeling to finally be together, be away from the public eye and any potential disapproving stares, 100%, being a same sex yeah. relationship, um, especially in that time. And return to nature which has such a primal feeling and connection to the soul anyways and they were able to let go of their inhibitions inhibitions those two of their inhibitions uh, and the next morning which was friday the 13th mm. again another one of those spooky details to the story mm. rebecca wearing nothing but her birthday suit and a pair of boots went to use the outhouse nearby. Again, they were leaning into nature and the freedom they were feeling. Unfortunately, though, she did encounter 28-year-old Stephen Roy Carr. He was a fugitive on the run from charges in Florida for around two years on the lam at this point. He survived by hunting, stealing, or moving in with Good Samaritans on more than one occasion. Oh. Okay. So he was known to the locals. He mm. would do odd jobs for food and shelter. How he got all the way up to Pennsylvania from Florida, I'm not sure. It's very possible he just moved his way up the trail before yeah. settling in the area. In the south, the trail starts in Springer Mountain, Georgia, which is northern Georgia, and then ends in Maine. Um, it's also possible he hitchhiked or just generally drifted up yeah, the east would, coast. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah, right. Especially in the 80s, too. Right. Tr yes, exactly. Just stick out your thumb and hitch a ride so um i do wonder if he just hiked up the trail to this point considering how much he likes to be in nature but again i'm just speculating yeah. he was from shippensburg which is near michelle state forest so it, it he didn't just land in a random location it was somewhere that was personal to him um he lived there before moving to florida with his mother while he was an adolescent his home life, or lack thereof, contributed to his existence as an outcast. Okay. So he, he generally, again, he generally preferred nature over the rejection he experienced from people throughout his life. And as I mentioned before, he was known by the local people. 
there were accounts of several people who had interactions with him and viewed him as completely harmless. So he was docile, a little curious, uh, but he presented as unassuming. Man, God, that's always the case. Yeah. Oh, he was the nicest guy. He just seemed a little strange, but yeah. Yeah. He was always harmless. He fly. Exactly. I knew him. He knew my kids or, you know, whatever. Yeah, Yeah. He was an impressive artist and he loved to draw. In an article in the Morning Call, they mention a local man describing an interaction he had with Carr where he shares a picture that he had just drawn of two snakes intertwined. And he tells the man it's two snakes mating and that he had watched them mate for six to seven hours while drawing them. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Casual. Casual. (laughs) For six to seven hours? hours six to seven hours he's yeah i think the the local man like kind of pondered like i wonder how long they mate for which is a strange pondering but he goes oh six to seven hours i I know this because (laughs) i was there because i was there (laughs) now if you ever watched anaconda they talk about that remember the one with jennifer lopez and they're Mm -hmm. looking for the flower and they're all like down there and they're mating like it happens for like way longer than that like this escapade i did not know first of all no thanks no thanks i'm too old for that shit look we have a show to watch i we need to go fast (laughs) or or the show is done and now it's midnight and we have about 10 minutes before one of the children wake up or i just want to go to sleep so hurry the fuck up (laughs) seven hours what what could you What's something that you think you could sit through for six or seven hours? <laughs> oh, I don't, gosh. I can't. And I can't imagine it's Maybe like, a massage. I don't know. Having sex. <laughs> okay, like, maybe that. Snakes having oh sex seems like, what, is they just laying there? I'm right. <laughs> Intertwined? It's a lot less jaw problems because they can unhinge their jaw. It might yeah. be way more fun, actually. Yeah. Kinky, perhaps. <laughs> so, sorry, but, man. Uh, can't yeah. do that. <laughs> you want me to do what? <laughs> no. No, no, thank you. <laughs> Uh, so again, his behaviors were not normal, but they also were not alarming. So one of the families in the area, the Goldens, had really taken him under their wing. They fed him. They talked to him about his life. And a majority of his time, though, was spent out in nature. Sources report diff- differently on where he lived. Uh, I tend to believe all are true. He stayed some nights with local people, spent a majority of his time just out in nature, and there there also is a mention of him living in a cave out there as well, too. So what's important to know is that he was a drifter whose mental health was likely suffering through a lifetime of relative isolation. Yeah. I mean, that's... We, and we've already talked about at least one or two that... It's like there's no sign of any kind of abuse, but generally speaking, that's more that's more common. It's right. the trauma. The trauma. Yeah. So back at the outhouse, Carr asked Rebecca during their brief encounter for a cigarette, but she had none and was probably beyond embarrassed because she was completely naked and she wanted to get away as quickly as possible. 100%. But more importantly, she got a very uneasy feeling about this man. And like, where do you think I'm keeping the cigarette? Right. <laughs> like, oh, excuse me, it's in oh, my boot. Yes. <laughs> what? Um, but anyway, it's probably just one of those questions to strike up conversation, but... I wish you guys could like see all the no. things that go through my brain when we're talking about these things, and then I'm like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, shouldn't say, say that out loud. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, because all I can think of is, have either I know, I don't, I know you haven't. Have you ever seen, um, uh, what is it? Oh my God, it's uh, the Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. No, so it's a documentary about this family that's in West Virginia, and they live like. And they're you know they're kind of rednecks yeah. or whatever. Yeah. They do a lot of drugs and stuff, oh and God. the one. Uh, sister 
her name is Sue Bob, I think. Oh, and she's my is. fucking of favorite. Oh my god, she's amazing. So she talks about being a stripper and coming home with like a thousand dollars in her <sighs> boot, and that's <laughs> that's where my brain just this went. sounds like gold. I don't. This is this is why I do a true crime podcast because my brain is like, oh, do you remember that movie you saw that one time? Here's what that's like. I mean, that's that's like our family <laughs> film, but you know, other movies. I'm just uh, like, that's where my brain goes. You're talking about something horrific, and you're like, oh, remember that scene in Toy Story? I'm like, okay. <laughs> Again, I love the way your brain works. I've said this already tonight, but I love the way your brain works. That's where it went. Anyway, back to the story. Sorry. Also, we have to watch that movie together. Agreed. When she returned to Claudia at the campsite, they began packing up their things to move to a more secluded spot up the trail to be away from the strange man that Rebecca had encountered. So they tightened their shoelaces and slung their backpacks on their backs. And as they begun their morning hike, Carr, seeing them leave, yelled out, see you later. Oh no! Like no, you, you won't. Will. Bye. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> in fact, I'm going home. I've right. had enough. <laughs> if I see you, it's going to be in front of my car as I exactly. slam on the gas. Exactly. Get <laughs> away from me. Ew. Ugh. That's another creepy omen. Like, oh my god. Yes. Oh my it's god. just several things throughout there. The beginning of their it, adventure. It's literally like a scary movie. Like this is what happens in the beginning of the movie where you're like, what? No, 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 go home, go home. What are you, what are you, what are you doing? I know. And I'm that person that I'm always like, is this an omen? Should I stop? <laughs> and then you read these things and it's like, pay yep. attention. It's an omen. It's an omen. It's an omen. And again, an omen. I mean, go home. saying like that you're watching it and thinking like they shouldn't be doing that. Obviously not right. judging these women. Absolutely I mean, not. You have to have your life. When you're you never in, know. And when you're in those moments, you're thinking, that's not going to happen. Absolutely. How weird is that? I'm being silly. And then you just keep moving. Thing, absolutely and make then, a little joke to lighten the and nine situation. times out of ten it, it's exactly that it's just silly and you were you were overreacting or whatever but ugh. okay sorry that's all good a chair loud chair and now i've lost my spot where were we okay so as they progressed further up the trail they were probably beginning to feel a little relief as they trekked onwards to a more private location and had begun putting some real distance between themselves and car and they were looking at a map deciding on where to go next flirting, laughing, kissing, having a great time when abruptly they deserved exactly to to enjoy and have and reconnect on. I mean, I can only imagine the feelings they're feeling, you know, being far away from each other and probably having to hide it when you are together. Exactly. And so thinking we'll go out to nature where we can just be free. Yeah, absolutely. When abruptly they stumbled upon car once again, this time with a 22 rifle slung over his shoulder mm. as he asks the two women, you lost already? Which the assumption is just infuriating in and of itself because they both enjoy the outdoors, but Rebecca was an avid hiker. Nature was where she felt most comfortable and she knew how to safely navigate and confidently navigate these trails. Right. So this interaction just feels like he was a man with an ego and they were two women who were kissing and flirting their way along the hike. And I think all of this had begun boiling up inside of him, the audacity of these women to be out here alone in a relationship. And they weren't damsels in distress in need of his help or his attention. Right. Ugh, gross. Uh, Absolutely. And they declined any help, saying they weren't lost, and he went on his way grudgingly. Rebecca and Claudia went for several more miles before finding another spot to set up camp, this time by a gentle stream. After setting up camp and having a nice dinner and conversation, they laid out a green tarp and got lost once more in the surrounding peace and quiet and began to make love. 
As I said before, the two had been maintaining a long-distance relationship and were finally able to be near one another. Claudia was quoted in the Roanoke Times article saying, to be together, it was a wonderful falling in love time for me. They held each other in what they believed to be their own hidden world. And that's when the first shot pierced the silence and also through Claudia's right arm. It caused an immediate explosion of pain. Then a short pause and more bullets, eight in total. What? Claudia was struck four more times in her face, neck, and head. Rebecca was shot twice, one in her head and one that shattered her liver. The last bullet missed the two women. What a piece of shit. Oh, my God. Those poor women. It just, I could not imagine. And actually, uh, Claudia was not reconciling what was happening. Um, It was Rebecca who brought her back to reality. She was not properly understanding. She was quoted as saying, like, the the immediate explosion of pain and seeing that red color on the green tarp, her mind went to a natural disaster. Like, something's got to be falling from the sky. Yeah. And um, Rebecca was the one that's like, you've been shot. Cover your wounds and get behind the tree. Oh. So Carr had been silently waiting for them and watching, or watching them, not necessarily waiting, but from 100 feet away. Oh, my God. Covered by the foliage. Okay, so, P.S., not only a piece of shit, but a fucking pervert. Like, you're just sitting there watching these women have what's clearly a private fucking moment that you weren't fucking welcome at or invited to, and you just think you get to stand there and watch them because, what, you get whatever the fuck you want to? Fuck you. Violate them with your eyes and then with your bullets. Right. It's just, I can't imagine. So, as I mentioned, Claudia had been hit five times and was visibly injured and bleeding, but Rebecca didn't look as physically wounded as Claudia. However, she couldn't walk and collapsed each time the two would try to move towards the direction of the road. So, without any other options, Claudia tucked Rebecca in the sleeping bag so she would be comfortable and warm and started off on her own to get help. Claudia hiked four miles before coming to a road. After being shot five times. After being shot five times. What a fucking badass. All by herself. The whole time in the back of her mind wondering if the gunman had followed her or if they would cross paths again. Just a terrifying feeling. I mean, she's already run in. I mean, they've run into this man How four many times already. Unexpectedly so, yeah, no each idea. time. Yeah. Ugh. And yet despite her wounds and her crippling fear, she bravely persevered and did find a road. She was initially passed by a vehicle and walked along in terror and shock until finally two young men stopped to help her. Despite her pleas to go back for Rebecca, they took her to the nearest police station. Claudia was rushed to the hospital to tend to her wounds while search parties set off to find Rebecca. Oh, that's so hard. But I also feel like if they had gone back and that guy was waiting for them, they all would fucking be dead. Absolutely. I mean, you don't know what to do besides yeah. find the professionals. Exactly. You know? and, and then you have this woman in front of you who's been shot. I mean, I don't know that they, can, they probably can't tell that she's how many times or anything, but this woman's fucking been shot. Bleeding. and Bleeding. Yes. I mean, you're you're going to say no. You have head, you. face wounds. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I don't want your dead body in the backseat of my car. Thanks. We're going to take you to the hospital. And get right. You some right. Help. 
Because <laughs> what would you do? You know, yeah. that would be a terrifying thing to yeah. stumble upon. All right. I'm not going to take you and risk you dying. And myself. To go find another person. Let's take yeah. people who are trained. Yes. You know, take you someplace where you can be saved and then get people who are trained to go back and get her. Absolutely. I can see that. That's, That's really, a tough really decision. That's yeah, a really absolutely. tough decision. But I can see where she is. I mean, I think if it was me in her position, I'd be screaming and saying, no, you need to go back and get this well, other person. But. You had to think about it too. It was also dark. Yeah. They, oh, had, yeah, they yeah. had dinner dinner and all that. So it's getting later she hiked four miles i can only imagine how much time that took oh, you know being yeah. injured yeah i didn't think so, about that oh my god i can imagine they probably are like well let's not go back out in the dark right not yeah <laughs> knowing no, there's not. a gunman out there we're not we'll take you to the hospital right we're not doing all that right shit. we're not we'll make sure you're okay but yeah and get the police involved but right beams of light flickered between the oak trees as the searchers armed with flashlights scour the terrain that night eventually locating the campsite and when they arrived, they stumbled upon 25 22 caliber bullets. Oh, my God. A knife, a wool cap, two cigarette lighters, a pair of sunglasses, and just 100 feet away was the campsite, and lying eerily still was Rebecca's body. Sadly, Rebecca had succumbed to her injuries, lying there alone in the woods that night. Distraught as she felt, there was nothing Claudia could have done. One of her doctors reassured her, although an empty reassurance, that even if Rebecca had gotten medical attention right away, she had no chance of surviving her wounds. And Rebecca probably saved her. Absolutely. And so the fact, I mean, yeah, she was there alone, but she was there probably at least knowing or at least believing that she saved. She had saved the woman she loved. Absolutely. So what a fucking badass there, too. And I mean, again, she was the one that was like, you've been shot. Right. Put pressure on your wounds. Get behind that tree. Yeah. She stayed she was focused. focused yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So the next quote is from Tom Lowry's article in the morning call. And I, I just absolutely love it. So I had to read it. Um, they say Stephen Roy Carr, Stephen Roy Carr was like a deer. If he didn't want to be seen, he could slip away in a blink, disappearing into the mountain foliage that surrounds his rural hamlet in the south central part of the state. Neighbors say that although they wouldn't see the loner for days, they always knew Carr was out there among the wildlife that roams the remote terrain of the Mishaw State Forest. I like that. I know. (laughs) Creepy, right? Right. And very descriptive of exactly what he did. Right. And like a deer on the run, Carr himself last week became the target of an intense hunt. More than 50 state troopers scoured the area on horseback in four-wheel drive vehicles and even in helicopters, I can't talk today, searching for a suspect fitting Carr's description, whom the media have dubbed the mountain man killer. I feel like that description, though, maybe it is more apt because I'm not a fucking hunter, but I feel like, you know, he's less like a deer and more like... A, like the predator. predator like more like oh you know i don't know i'm, I'm gonna pick a lion that's, that's a great forest, point but. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 like, whatever's lion. in the forest all right <laughs> of course in pennsylvania guess who doesn't like nature that's me <laughs> i do like it it's very great in theory when you go out there, it's a little different. Pictures of it are beautiful. It's, it's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> if you stand there and then I get back in my air-conditioned car and drive Absolutely. back to my air-conditioned home where there's no bugs inside. That's <laughs> that's the best way to enjoy it. That's, that's how I like to enjoy nature. I like to hear my friends talk about nature and then go, okay, great. Uh, let's hang out when you guys get home. Thanks. Take, take pictures. <laughs> 
So at the while at the hospital, Claudia would give the police every detail of how the night unfolded and provided a sketch for them to release to the media. Even though Claudia was a victim, it did take some time before she was completely truthful with the police about the nature of her relationship with Rebecca. That makes sense. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, right? And although she had been open about her sexual orientation, her and Rebecca actually met at a group meeting for lesbians on campus at Virginia Tech. Oh, okay. Which is really cool. Yeah. She was scared. Because in the 80s. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Very progressive. Yeah. She was scared and concerned about how the authorities would react and treat her. She had just been a victim of a hate crime Mm -hmm. where she was almost killed literally just for being who she was. Yeah. So naturally, her sense of confidence and safety had been shaken. After 10 days, Stephen Roy Carr was located hiding in a Mennonite community. After the shooting, he had gone to the Golden family and told them some story about how someone had stolen his gun Mm. and alluding to something bad having happened. Mm -hmm. He didn't stay, though. I'm assuming he knew the drill, considering he was already evading the law and they would be coming for him. So he left. And on his journey, he came across the Weaver family, who were part of the local Mennonite community, out on their property doing chores. So due to their religious beliefs, they do try and help people uh, in need of food and shelter and he once again presented as unassuming maybe just a little off Mm -hmm. when interviewed the family mentioned they had asked when he had asked for help they initially told him he was a stranger to them to which Carr replied he would much rather do them good than harm yeah okay (laughs) and it just brings me to an episode of schitt's creek do you watch that show i I have watched that show. oh my god yeah when david goes to the amish community (laughs) They're like, please bring him home. He's like, no, what if I don't want to leave? And they're like, there's a bug on your dress. <laughs> he freaks out. He's like, all right, I'm ready to go. Oh my <laughs> Again, God. with not loving nature. <laughs> David is my fucking spirit animal. <laughs> he is. Oh, my God. Oh, but Carr would stay there again for 10 days. And the community didn't watch the TV. It was kind of against their religion to have modern amenities. So he really lucked out in stumbling across this community. However, there was a member who would sneak a little peek at the TV and saw his sketch on the TV and alerted the authorities to Carr's location. You sweet little rebel. I know. It's amazing. Claudia Claudia actually is quoted saying, I think that sinner is my particular favorite. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And also, it's really good because he was just totally unassuming and thought, oh, I'm good here. You right. piece of shit, you're yeah. not good. I can hide here for just like yeah. how he was in the forest. Yeah, you know, exactly. he's like, this is my new place. Oh, I'm safe here because they don't have TVs. Gotcha, yeah. motherfucker. Yep, gotcha. On May 23rd, 1988, as Carr stepped outside to enjoy a cigarette, police closed in around him and took him into custody. Yes. He underwent psychiatric evaluation as to his inner thoughts as they tried to land on a motive. And they found an immense hatred for lesbians, one that seemingly whipped him into a rage when he realized the two women were having sex. But fuck, why? Why? What? 
Be- because what? Because they don't want you? Exactly. Right. I mean, that's it. So they don't need your fucking dick that's obviously tiny anyway if you have to chase people through the fucking woods. So they don't want your dick. So right. that's it. They deserve to die. Absolutely. Fucking I mean, garbage. It feels like that's the reason, right? Yeah. Like the ultimate rejection. Oh, they, they won't even, they don't like men in general. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's... L- literally, it, I mean, it has to be either, like, there's no other fucking reason. And the way that you're talking to them, it's either because they're women and you just think it just pisses you off that they don't need a man right or it's because they're lesbians and you're even more pissed off that they don't need a fucking man right so go fuck yourself that they don't even not just need you but they don't need men in general at all yeah they don't how dare they right god forbid (laughs) what a piece of shit so the whole scenario feels to me as though he wanted to observe them and feeding this hatred and toying with the possibilities Mm -hmm. of what to do with it oh yeah in my opinion, he wanted to show his power over another person and seemingly had, as people had seemingly kind of controlled him throughout his entire life. So he had the ultimate control in this situation. He had the choice to move along, yeah. enjoy the sunshine, sketch I mean, you were there images. long enough to watch them having sex. Exactly. Had dinner, conversation. Yeah. You know he was there the whole time. Right. And you're watching two women having sex, which I don't know from a personal experience, but I've, I've heard is a longer interaction than when women, women and men have sex. So you were probably there for a while. while. I mean, not Again, just watching all these other things. Going back to the snakes. Like, yeah. So you're just there. You know, we can sit it out. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> Maybe they did six to seven hours. I don't, right? you know. I mean, you fucking go, ladies. Uh, but that's, fu- I mean, you... To just sit there all that time, like you said, like you had the choice. Yep. You could have chosen to walk away. So many moments of choices. So many times. Like, I don't know, the first fucking time you ran into some woman and said, oh shit, she's naked. She probably doesn't want my ass out here. Exactly. She's probably here with a partner. Doesn't fucking matter who it is. Right. And also, she's a human being. And if she's fucking naked, she doesn't owe you anything. P.S. But you could have just said oh i'm sorry and then walked away and given her her privacy or her space or her and her partner their privacy but no you just kept going uh, yes Ugh. i mean Gross. calling out to them and yeah. then seeing them again on the stalking yeah. them on the trail you, like I mean, purposely it wasn't an accident that he ran you're showing them. them right that you're going to do something you're that i can find them. you i can do what i want to do with you and you mm-hmm. can't do anything about it yep gross I've said gross like 75 times. <laughs> well, he deserves he's, 76. Gross. He's gross. <laughs> I'll come up with a new word, guys. Sorry. <laughs> so there were mentions of possibilities such as his mother potentially participated in same-sex relationships and that he was sexually abused during a stint in prison. Okay. But honestly, this information to me is moot because there was nothing these women did that could have provoked such an emotional response in him right. that he could believe it's okay to harm them right. in any way. And granted, this was the 80s, so it's different. But, you know, like now, at least we realize, like, if you have trauma, like lots of people have trauma. And I'm not saying it's one's better or worse or anything else. But if you have trauma, it is not your fault that you have trauma, but it's your responsibility to fucking fix it. You yep. don't get to take it out on somebody else yep. that your mom may or may not have been a lesbian or whatever she was and she abused you so that happened you don't get to take it out on somebody else that you were abused which by the way would not have been by a woman if you were in prison right so what would two women have to do with that right but you know whatever i don't know i don't excuses right exactly i get trying to understand you know what happens and what causes things and those things matter but 
it's your responsibility to fix that. It's your responsibility to get therapy. It's your responsibility to work through your traumas. And it's, you know, I, I understand when people explain themselves, yeah, absolutely. but when they, they skirt into excuse category is right. when I'm like, no bullshit. And I get it. Like, you know, that, that matters. I get how, you know, that trauma, if he has that trauma from his mom and it happens that his mom had same sex relationships, then he latched onto that. I, I get how those things happen and you can't control that, but you know, whatever that saying is, like, there's two different types of people. There's the type of people who are hurt and they think, I never want anybody to feel the way that I felt. Right. And then there are people who get hurt and they think, well, because I hurt, now everyone else should have to suffer too. Yep. Obviously, there's something that causes people to be like that, but look, we all have shit. So just fix your own shit and then you don't have to fucking take it out on other people who have nothing to do with it. Absolutely. So in a rare move for the time, the judge ruled that neither Carr's homophobia nor the two women's sexual orientation could be admitted at trial. Yes. Yeah. So extra points for that judge. Fuck, that's not even a thing now. That's awesome. Yeah, that was very, very progressive, especially of that time. Absolutely. Uh, Again, um, to avoid the gay panic defense, which is in case anyone has forgotten, when a defendant may allege to have found same-sex sexual advances so offensive or frightening that they were provoked into reacting, were acting in self-defense, or were of diminished capacity or temporarily insane. So fucking frustrating and ridiculous. It's just, just <laughs> dumbest thing. I'm so fucking I've ever mad. I'm like ripping the fucking. Chair. I know. I know. It just makes you. Oh, it's infuriating. You want to reach back in time and or oh, yeah. I mean, even in present time, as we talked about the similarities of the two cases I have for you. But yeah. it's I, I would like to be alone in the room with this guy for like, I don't know, I, yeah, c- I could me. do like 15 minutes. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. A lot, in 15 minutes. a lot in 15 minutes. I agree. So the judge was not going to give Carr any unnecessary leverage. However, on the flip side, this was a hate crime. Mm-hmm. So these types of criminal actions need to be prosecuted accordingly. Absolutely. Ultimately, I side with the judge. He was I understand he was doing it out of a desire to ensure the fairness and to protect the victims from public scrutiny. So the decision was made. Mm-hmm. On October 27th of 1989, Stephen Roy Carr was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without parole. Yes. For the murder of Rebecca White. Good. On March 8th, 1991, the Superior Court of Pennsylvania denied Carr's appeal, which was based on the court's decision to disallow introduction of his psychosexual history in court. His defense claimed the court erred in not allowing this evidence in, claiming the charges should be manslaughter, as he was provoked into a rage from witnessing the two women have sex. No, that's not provoked into a rage. How I feel right now is provoked into a fucking rage. Absolutely. That not provoked. That's not what those words mean. Absolutely. You put yourself in the situation to watch these women when you knew, right. you had an inkling, at least, that right. they were there together. Right. And, together. And w- literally, when you saw that woman naked the first fucking time you could have just minded your own business and walked away and you never would have known she was there with another woman absolutely they weren't at the bathroom together absolutely so you could have just been like oh sorry no instead you decided to follow her because you were like oh look at this naked woman i'm gonna go watch her and peep on her because i'm a giant piece of shit and then you were like oh look she's a lesbian and then got your fucking feelings hurt and i mean it it kind of Makes you wonder, though, too, like, if that was the first time he saw them that's or true. if he had seen them. Oh, that's you even know? worse. I, don't I know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's too much. So, quote from the case text of his appeal, uh, the sight of naked women engaged in lesbian lovemaking is not 
adequate provocation to reduce an unlawful killing from murder to voluntary manslaughter. 100%. It is not an event which is sufficient to cause a reasonable person to become so impassioned as to be incapable of cool reflection. A reasonable, reasonable person would have simply discontinued his observation and left the scene. He would not kill the lovers. Yep. End quote. Boom. I watched an interview clip from a documentary that um, Austin Bunn created called In the Hollow, and it's where Claudia visits the location for the first time since the incident occurred. And the emotion that you see is palpable. I mean, it's just, it's tangible. It's raw. You see a, a smile wash across her face as she describes feeling close to Rebecca in that moment. And it's just, it's mixed with this extreme pain as she mm. felt and that she felt as she's walking down a literal memory lane right? in one of the, or one of probably the most traumatic event of her life. Right. Poor Claudia. That's fucking awful. And she talked about how disorienting the juxtaposition was of the serenity and the privacy they believed they were enjoying to the chaotic moments that the bullets perforated the idyllic experience they were after. And as she explores the campsite, I'm hoping she's getting closure because she says she couldn't be a part of the funeral for Rebecca since she was in the hospital recovering at the time. Yeah. And they didn't mention this in the documentary. This is pure speculation. So I apologize if it's incorrect, but I almost got the feeling that she wasn't really invited to be a part of it either. Yeah. yeah. Which, you which, know, I mean, at the time frame, and Yeah. That makes me so fucking sad that, and, and people do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Oh, you're, you're not invited to dad's funeral. And shit right. Like that. That's such fucking Death- makes Bullshit. people weird yeah so yeah. weird and then in that situation for it to be someone you loved and so sh- fucking much and shared this traumatic experience right. i mean th- the moments her life was being taken from her right and, and literally the woman who saved your fucking life and saved that, her life that yeah was so clear-headed even in such a chaotic moment to tell you what to do i mean and you can't even fucking you don't even get to be at her funeral you don't get to part, be a part of any of that no <sighs> grieve with the family i hope that that's not why i hope that that's i hope not yeah it happens a lot again just speculation on just kind of how she said things in her body language it just kind of felt a little personal i hate that that happened to her i do too that happens to anyone i hate that happens to anyone not just her but i know However, after this horrific event in her life, Claudia did go on to finish her studies and became an architect living in New York, having romantic relationships again. Uh, But even more importantly, she has been a fierce advocate and public speaker for the protection of gay people and their rights. She advocated for and attended the signing of the Hate Crime Statistics Act of 1990, which directs the attorney general to acquire data on crimes of hate with evidence of prejudice based on race, religion, sexual orientation, or ethnicity, including murder, non-negligent manslaughter, rape, assault, arson, and vandalism. Claudia also wrote a book called Eight Bullets, One Woman's Story of Surviving Anti-Gay Violence about her traumatic and life-changing experience. Claudia preaches that we all must be vigilant. We all have to continue to be advocates and allies and teach each other right from wrong. Teach your children right from wrong and be careful of what we say to one another. 
In a Washington Post article, there's a quote from Claudia from one of her lectures saying, if it's all right to tell jokes about gays, if it's all right to yell slurs at us on the street, at some point it becomes all right for the Stephen Roy cars of the world to hunt us down and shoot us. Rebecca and I were playing by the rules. We were in the middle of the woods. We weren't flaunting it and we still weren't safe. Playing by the rules won't keep us safe. And that is Claudia and Rebecca's story. That's so awful. And and not that she's fucking listening to this, but uh, Claudia is a badass. Claudia is an absolute badass. That she not only, first of all, hiking four miles well, just, just yeah. in my normal body, yeah. No, nope, no. Nope. I'm not. I no, no desire whatsoever. Then not only to be hiking four miles, which granted, again, she's probably into that, but still. Then you've been shot fucking five times. Yep. Your and you partner, don't know how wounded you really yeah, are. You have no idea what's happening in your own body. You have no idea what's happening in your partner's body. You can't bring your partner with you to have the strength to fucking be able to leave her there. Yeah. When you need to. You have to to go Tuck her help. in and say farewell for now, not yeah. knowing it's the last time. And then, and then to hike four miles in yeah. the dark by yourself. Not to mention everything else she went through and then to come out and be an advocate and fight yep. for other people. That's fucking amazing. Absolutely. And not just like crumple under the pressure of the trauma. Yeah, absolutely. Do something with it. That's yeah. amazing. So as I mentioned, I have two cases for you tonight. And in looking in this case, I noticed similarities to a more recent case. Again, 33 years later, yeah. we're still looking at similarities in these types of cases, which is just sad. Right. So a more recent case that came to light this past fall in 2021, while the entire country was waiting with bated breath as authorities search and search parties left no stone unturned to locate Gabby Petito, who very sadly was a victim of domestic abuse, there were other deaths and murders that had a spotlight turned on them. And I want to mention this is still a developing story, so there's more we're learning as the investigation continues. I actually had to rewrite the story several times as <laughs> developments came out as I was uh, done with my research before we recorded. So we can always do an update though. Like if other things come out, we'll wait till a little bit comes out and then do an update for you guys. Even if it's just a short little thing or at the beginning of an episode or something. Absolutely. Definitely. Because I, I think they will be able to close this case, hopefully this summer, just oh. depending on how quickly things get done. But fingers crossed. I uh, know it's, it's promising. So we'll talk about it. On Wednesday, August 18th, 2021, the bodies of newlyweds 38-year-old Crystal Turner and 24-year-old Kylan Schulte were found at their campsite after having last been seen on, again, Friday the 13th, August 13th. Uh, The two lived bohemian, free-spirited lifestyles, living out in nature. Kylan had actually moved to Utah with her father after an abusive relationship had left her suicidal. Mm. And it was there in 2019 while on a hike with her father that she met Crystal. Kylan and Crystal immediately bonded and fell in love over their mutual love of nature and being out living in it. We met on a hike. That's so cute. That's the best. I mean, doing what you love, meeting someone doing what they love, and it's the same thing. Right. Oh, my God. At the time of their murder, they had recently tied the knot and were starting a new life together and were well loved by those who knew them. After several days of not hearing from his daughter, Kylan's father, Sean Paul Schulte, contacted Cindy Sue Hunter, who had known Kylan for over six years and did her shopping at the Moonflower Moonflower Co-op where Kylan worked at. And uh, apparently 
Kylan's father split his time between Utah and Montana, so he was not there at the time. So he let Cindy know he hadn't heard from Kylan in several days and had just been notified Kylan and Crystal had been worried about a creeper near their campsite. Sound familiar? Right. They were so put off by the man that they felt they would need to move campsites and even made offhanded comments to their friends that if they were murdered, it was this weird guy. That's fucking crazy. Again, with the omens and the weird, the spooky connections these cases have, it's it's weird. And to be that, like, that you're that uncomfortable with somebody that you're, you know, obviously this is different from 1988 where they couldn't be texting their friends or anything. Right. To be that uncomfortable with somebody that you're literally texting people and saying, yeah. like, hey, yeah. Yeah. this is weird. Or that you're... Don't you know, feel comfortable. Yeah, that your dad is, like, real. I might be murdered. Like, yeah. just a, obviously a joke. Yeah. Because everyone... That, that's how anyone would handle that situation. Course, yeah. But but you're in the situation where you're so uncomfortable for And then you're right. Yeah. <sighs> so at this information, Cindy went out to find their campsite. No doubt hoping to find them alive and well and unaware that people were concerned. But when she arrived at their campsite, she found a terrible gut-wrenching scene both women were deceased. Their bodies were found in a creek near their campsite where they had been living with their pet rabbit in the LaSalle Mountains in Utah. They were partially clothed from the waist up and each had been shot six times. Oh my God. There's no mention of sexual assault, but those are interesting details about missing clothing. Yeah. Uh, kind of makes you infer or question yeah. what could have happened. Again, depending on what it was, I've learned from listening to Murder Squad that sometimes you can't tell, even though mm. you, know, you assume that you can, but right. sometimes if the circumstances are right, then they may not be able to tell if in a sexual assault. True. Occurred. And, uh, you know, talking about being in a creek, I'm not sure how filled with water it was or, yeah. you know, how how waterlogged their, you know, sorry, but how waterlogged their bodies would potentially be or anything yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. all of those are mitigating factors. Yeah. And one source did claim that they were dragged down to the creek from their campsite by their heads. Mm. I'm not sure how they would, maybe just by the pattern of dragging, that they'd be able yeah. to determine that. Yeah. Ugh. The connection we have to Gabby Petito begins and ends here. Mm-hmm. Like Gabby and her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, were also camping in the area, and they were traveling in the country in a van together. On August 12th, so the day before Kylan and Crystal were last seen, the police were called to the Moonflower Co-op where Kylan worked due to the explosive argument between Gabby and Brian that happened outside in front of the store. Oh, okay. okay. So that's where the connection um, is, and thinking potentially Brian could have been the creepy guy that yeah. they that they had discussed. However, none of the employees at the store in the articles I read had seen the incident occur and were largely unaware the police were out there. So it wasn't like she had w- witnessed right. any of this going down. I don't know why that would matter anyway, but it's just a strange coincidence. For that many people, though, like all these things to happen, like all the bodies that they found, like while they were trying to search for her. Unreal. It's so crazy to think about how much of that stuff is happening like around you yep. at any given time. And you just have no idea that that's what's happening. That there's, you know, this couple fighting that they're going to go three miles down the road and he's going to murder her. And you're probably right. never going to realize it was the same person. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't listen to the news, you might never even know that anything happened. And sadly, Gabby Petito's case really spotlights the fact that so many cases don't get brought to the media, especially Absolutely. people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, or other, you know, sexual orientation like Crystal and Kylan. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see a lot of those cases. Yeah. Gabby was a young white woman and she got a lot of 
screen time, which yeah. she deserved. Absolutely. But they she all deserve it. But they all deserve they it. They all deserve it. We should it. be hearing about all of those names, not just one name. Absolutely. So found at the scene of, oh, and I did want to mention, I don't know if I said this for sure or not, but Gabby was taken um, by the hands of Brian from this world, but he was not responsible for the others. So to close that loop. Found at the scene of Kylan and Crystal's murder was a Kia Sorrento, a camping tent, amenities for long-term camping, and a shelter for their pet rabbit with their pet rabbit still inside. Another vehicle, a van, was towed from the area. It had been renovated for van living, and everything at the scene belonged to the two women. Okay. They also owned a Harley Davidson motorcycle, which I think is just badass. Right. The two loved to ride, and Kylan was all excited that she was learning to drive it. And the motorcycle was located at the McDonald's that Crystal worked at. It's believed Saturday morning after they were last seen, they drove the Harley into town and swapped it out for their car that had been parked there. Okay. Uh, they were then headed back to the campsite to get everything moved. So they need both, needed both of their vehicles to um, get their stuff moved. The motorcycle was one of the things that clued friends into the fact that if they had disappeared, it was not intentionally. They would never leave their Harley behind. Right. That makes sense. After sifting through everything they found at the campsite and in their vehicles, there was nothing in their personal belongings to give any hints or clues in regards to their murder. Kylan's father then hired a private investigator to investigate further. There isn't anything I came across to say as as to why. He didn't, you know, call up the police or have any uh, suspects in mind, but I'm assuming he was grieving and just wanted answers. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure in those situations, even even if the police are doing everything they're supposed to do, there are times that you're going to feel like they're not. Right. And you just or need can't something done. turn or, their focus on this or whatever, yeah. you know, you or need it's someone not to really, fast enough. I mean, because yeah. nothing, no matter what, even if the police are doing everything right and doing everything on the timeline that they can you're still going to feel like it's not fast enough if it's not like right now. And you want every professional person that is, you know, understands how to look into this kind of thing on the case. Absolutely. So according to the investigator, they were able to locate audio from Saturday, August 14th of gunshots and female screams. The police did confirm the existence of the audio regarding the gunshots, but did not confirm the screaming. Okay. And we don't have confirmation that the two, it's, audio of them or related to the incident at and all nothing from where it's from or okay. nope one suspect was questioned and there were initial high hopes that this was their guy but he was ultimately ruled out okay. and people from around the country after the attention to the case due to get to gabby's case they wanted to apply pressure to the investigation for a resolution and they contributed money for a reward and a billboard to be put up so they offered a twenty thousand dollar reward and uh put up a billboard and kylan's father kylan's father expressed his desire for dog the bounty hunter to get involved he had actually assisted if you remember in gabby petito's case as well Mm -hmm. so they were hopeful that you know with the kind of the correlation and the um the public pressure that dog would also come and and help with this case and in an interesting update he actually did oh really yeah so i again as i was researching this case that was one of the updates that came up the dog, the bounty hunter, did join the investigation. That's awesome. And just a day after news of his arrival, two days of him actually being in Utah, they announced they had a suspect. Oh, wow. So Dog's team tracked down and spoke to persons of interest, but I haven't seen directly if he's credited with cracking the case. Right. Um, it's It seems the timing is too coincidental for him to have not at least assisted. Absolutely. In some way. 
And he had something, I don't remember what it was, but didn't he, they had some kind of breakthrough in Gabby Petito's case too, didn't they? He did, I feel like with some of the Brian stuff, he yeah, was really yeah. involved in that locating Brian's body as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean. I mean he's, doing his, he's doing his thing. Dude, get it. Get it. It's awesome. And, and not a case that has anything to do with him. So it's awesome that he came and just yep. helped and put his name behind it. And exactly. Really and sometimes awesome. that's all you need to do yeah, for absolutely. the police to be like, well, you know, we do have some other stuff we can look into. Yep. Because they are focused now on um, 45-year-old Adam, and I'm going to butcher his last name, but I don't even fucking care because he's a piece of shit. But uh, Pinkzowitz, okay. perhaps? Pink, Adam Pinkzowitz who was also living a free lifestyle in the area, living in his van with no consistent address, and he had worked at the McDonald's with Crystal. Oh, okay. And then left Utah shortly after the murders. And he was actually a suspect early on in the case. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so it's, again, sense, interesting yeah. with the, the whole dog coming in and all of a sudden, oh, now he's our suspect. Right, right. Um, so he I, must have found something. I, I would imagine. Whether it's, whether it's yeah. what it is or not. I mean, he's found something. It said, hey, circle back to this person, talk to yeah. them, or talk to somebody. And I, I don't know. But that would be interesting. I can't, you know, once once this case is solved this summer, because they're going to solve it this summer. Absolutely. We're send the vibes for that to happen. Manifest that. There, uh, then I can't wait to hear, like, how they did it and how it happened. Yeah, agreed. How people get caught is probably the best part of true crime. The best, especially when it's out of their own stupidity. That's that's my, my <laughs> favorite ever. That's my favorite. <laughs> so um, apparently he had accused the manager of McDonald's, who was also in a same-sex relationship, of favoring Crystal. And this is, you know, from people that worked at McDonald's are, mm-hmm. are telling um, this to police. And the police were actually notified back in the uh, in the fall, I believe, of a co-worker telling TikTokers, <laughs> good old TikTok, oh. on the case, <laughs> um, that potentially uh, that they should investigate Adam because he had apparently been arguing with employees, potentially Crystal. That part was vague, but because they were, and I quote, lesbians. Okay. All right. So he just doesn't, he doesn't like lesbians and he's yeah. mad that they're being favored. Yep. Another butt hurt. Yep. Probably an incel. But sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so after more interviews with Adam's acquaintances, they learned he had admitted to the killings and even divulged details that only were known to investigators. So again, when I say it sounds pretty promising that they can tighten this one up and... Yeah. Put a big bow on it this summer, I hope. However, unfortunately, he died by committing suicide. No! God damn it! I know. Man, I, I, I know build Jeff. I, I build Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I dangle that little bit of a resolution in yeah. front of you like Thanks. a little carrot. And Thanks. I, yeah. I was like, they're going to get the guy. <laughs> Fuck that. Justice. Guy. But no. Oh. Well, if it was him, I hope that wherever, I don't, wherever he is, I hope that, I don't know. I hope he always has a fucking bladder infection and it hurts. Paper cuts all over his body. And- yeah. yeah. And he has to like, and he works at McDonald's too. So he's got paper yes. cuts and he has to give out fucking salty fries. Oh, yes. I love it. Yeah. For the rest of his existence, wherever he is. And he's never favored if, by the manager. If, if he did it. Because if he didn't do it, you know, then that's fine. But um, if he did it. All the hate. Right. So. You um, worse things, too, if we need to. Whoever, you know, devil, if yeah. you're listening. Give you some. Hey, some you know what? Ideas. Write in for all of your great torture <laughs> thoughts and techniques that we Let's can really <laughs> manifest for these killers. For these people. We're not yeah. doing this to actual people. No. This no. Is just for the killer's. 
wherever they are. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, was Adam the creeper at the campsite? Uh, we don't know, but it seems unlikely that they wouldn't have named him if he was the coworker. Oh yeah, for sure. They would have been like, "Hey, Adam, this weirdo." Right. If they if they're putting his name out there, then they're yeah. probably at least pretty confident. That doesn't mean they're right. Right. But they're at least they've got a reason to put his name out absolutely because i don't think i couldn't really find where they named the other person who was like whoa this is a good suspect but mm-hmm. then was cleared so putting his name out there is a pretty big sign yeah for sure so the private investigator working on the case doesn't think he's the same guy again with the whole it's crystal's co-worker even if they didn't know his name um, because he thinks that that morning when they went to swap vehicles mm-hmm. he f- then followed them back to the campsite okay from mcdonald's where she worked where he worked so i mean it makes sense Mm -hmm. and may authorities did locate adam's remains inside of his black 2007 toyota yaris hatchback and have even have taken everything to be processed into evidence okay currently at the time of this recording police are still processing this evidence and have not officially closed the case okay it's also it's also now granted people commit suicide but it's also very strange yeah that this happened and they're closing in on figuring something out and then all of a sudden you commit suicide well he did commit suicide oh, he did before before okay. like three weeks after it though but three okay yeah but so i mean like right around that time like it's strange yeah, that that didn't and i don't know if i mentioned this before but when he left utah he didn't even pick up his last check he just left oh. right after the murders. Yeah, yeah. That's... Admitted to it, had details, and then killed himself. Yeah. That's... Yeah. That's... It's like the at the airport when they've got the cones right. <laughs> coming. <laughs> Come on down here. This right, is the, this, this is the right way. This, this is the right. <laughs> to be fair, this is the right path. <laughs> there's always more than one person who looks good for a crime. Truly, yes, but, absolutely. But there has been so many times when I'm like certain an evidence looks one way, and then a podcaster just breaks m- or blows my mind and is right. like, just psych, just kidding. It meant not none of that. And I'm like. <laughs> Dang it. I'm always over here with like a weird theory. Like, nope, it wasn't that. It was definitely the owl that it 100%. It was the owl that it. The owl. Whatever. I don't know. I like it. We'll get into some more of those cases where we where we all disagree about. You oh, know, yeah. I like that. How they're. How, what the how, theories are. Yeah, exactly. We all have our what, different theories. What, I can't talk, but what happened or yeah. whatever, you know. So as far as motive, none have been offered aside from the speculation that this was related to the sexual orientation of the two women and the entitlement Adam felt he was being robbed of in favor of special allowance allowances for Crystal at work. So the similarities between Rebecca and Claudia and Crystal and Kylan are striking. And as we learned with their case, you can be murdered just for being in a same-sex relationship and being who you are. Cindy Sue Hunter, the friend who found their bodies, spoke highly of both women and had this to say of Kylan. She was magical. She was just one of the sweetest, most beautiful people I've ever met. I've known her for six and a half years, and she was precious, a precious soul. She was very special. Mm. And that is the end of our episode on Claudia Brenner, Rebecca White, Kylan Schulte, and Crystal Turner. Okay, so we recorded two episodes tonight. Um, and y'all both ruined me. Thanks. <laughs> you are so welcome. <laughs> Thanks for destroying my heart. I appreciate it. I know. It's heavy. So they're all so heavy. And they're also like, like, I want to say about this one, like, or the, you know, these two, like it's so fucking senseless, but then it's like, they're yeah. all senseless. It's I not, know. You know. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And it doesn't make me feel any better. You know, when there's a quote unquote, a reason. Right. But my God, 
God, for no... Just no reason. Especially um, the first case. Like, you don't even know these two women. You've never met these women. You've never seen them before. You have no reason to have anything against these women. And obviously the second case is not okay either, but... I mean, the first case, you don't even know them. Truly. You You don't know their names or who they are or what things they've been through you know nothing about them and you're just mad because they have the audacity to be fucking women who are together yep in the in the woods okay cool yep thanks they were existing exactly around you you're because they're having a relationship that you don't get to be a part of i mean that's it or you don't have a say over it it's just i think what's so frustrating is the fact that how much today still society doesn't accept same-sex relationships or the LGBTQ community in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's what adds the extra feelings of emotions when you, when we talk about these cases, because it's, it's like, I mean, even if you're not killed for it, you're still not getting the the correct proper treatment from people. Right. And then, and then the, like for me, because you know, I'm a straight woman, I've been in straight relationships to, to hear that stuff. And I'm like, how the fuck do you not get that? Like, how are you, if you're someone who is straight and who, you know, thinks that it's, you know, homosexuality is wrong or whatever ridiculously wrong opinions you have, you're wrong. But if you, how do you not understand that? How do you not get it? How does it not hurt you that other humans are going through these kinds of things? Yeah. Because I'm a straight woman and I've been in straight relationships and it fucking breaks my heart that human beings are treated that way. Absolutely. So how do you, if you're another human being, it's not, you don't just not get it because you haven't been there because I haven't been there either. Right. And I can still look at two humans and say, but that's fucking wrong to treat them that way. Absolutely. That's fucking wrong to say that to them. That's fucking wrong to follow them. That's fucking wrong to treat them like. Cause they're, they're different than you. than you. Right. It's just so quote unquote. We're all different. And we, I, I, I like, you know, the color green, you might like purple. Like we're all different in some way. Like just because they're differences or something you want to like feel high green, So about. Holly, what color do you like? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. It's just wild that you know you you literally just can't even put yourself in another person's shoes for no. two seconds to think about the fact that they're a human being. Yeah. And just deserve to be respected and if you don't like it then that's fine go sit the fuck over there absolutely with the isolate yourself like you exactly feel that way you guys go the fuck over there on that island and leave the rest of us the fuck alone man because the rest of us get it yeah i i'm with you i do not it it blows my mind that it bothers people i can't i just can't wrap my head around it and i get like you know i understand that like you know when i was younger i'm not that fucking old but and if you think I am, then go fuck yourself. But so, I, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I was in school. And, you know, like I say, you couldn't, you couldn't come out. You couldn't be right. out around everybody. There were whispers about people and stuff like that. So I get that that's how it was. I wasn't raised that way, but I do remember thinking, you yep. know, that way because those are the things you hear, like in the media or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, well, it's fine, but I don't want to see it. And then I got older. Normalized by adults. Right, exactly. And I'm not the adults in my life. Like, my parents no, weren't like that. But, but just generally. It was just there. You yeah. Know, the idea was there. So I remember, like, I don't know necessarily really believing those things. Right. But at least regurgitating those things because they yeah. were in my head. But I was never mean to anybody about that. I... And... and <laughs> 
I my mind really got changed, you know, with the, the idea like, oh, well, you're just flaunting it or fucking whatever dumb shit. Uh, when I watched, um, oh my God, the show from HBO and it's about gay men and a lesbian couple and Hal Sparks is one of the men and fuck queer as folk. And I was like, I don't understand why people are so upset about two men because holy shit, that stuff's hot. What the fuck? Why are we all so mad right now? Right. Why are you so upset? Like, it's not gross for two people to be together. It's not gross. And and furthermore, you're not watching that anyway. You're watching, you're seeing two people holding hands. Really? You're that offended by two men holding hands? Right. Nobody's making you. Nobody's making you do it. I think I think it's awesome for two men to hold hands. Absolutely. And I don't even mean like in a relationship. I just mean just in general. Just in front. Yeah. It would not upset me if I saw my husband and Holly's husband have a moment. Yeah. I'm like, that's awesome. I know. I love it. Have that moment. That's great. You know, like, I don't get, I don't get rid it. of the toxic masculinity. I don't get being bothered by all that stuff. It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. And even though like, okay, fine. Yeah. If you're from this time frame, you were taught it or you... You know, it was it was at least in the media or it was in your face that it was wrong or whatever. Yeah. Like, okay, but we're big boys and girls. You've grown right. up now. You can have your own opinions. Yeah. So I don't I just don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> I for like totally minutes. agree. And it's it just it sucks because, you know, as we were talking about like um our husbands and stuff like that, like they're all everyone in our lives are totally on board with what we're saying. But it's just that general societal like right. elephant in the room mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. And it's just so unfortunate, and I just don't get it. And I love that the people in my life get it. Yeah. But there's, but there's still people that I'm, you know, ancillary to or whatever. But that I can tell don't get it. And it's, I just, it blows my mind. It, I don't completely. It's, it's, it's kind of. I hope that we can change that in our lifetime. Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. That like it's, and it, it is already okay. But that society sees it's okay for for women to be in relationships with women or men to be in relationships with men or for two men who are not in a relationship to hug or hold hands or have a moment or whatever it is and or if you know someone wants to identify as another gender or you know decide what their sexual orientation regardless of their transition you know what there's so many options and it's like let it be let there be so many options right or people who get mad about they and them shut up just fuck. Can you just? Who cares? Just go. If with it bothers it. you, then go home and fucking cry about it to your husband. Seriously. But when you're out in public, just use the right fucking pronouns. Don't be on the wrong side of history. Right. I don't need you to do the right thing for the right reason. If you have to do it for the wrong reason right now, then do it for the fucking wrong reason. But just right. do it. Right. Just be a kind human being and just use the fucking pronouns. Just let people be who they are. Why do you have to? No, we could go on and on. Sorry. I told, no, Ho- no. Hopefully that makes us allies because <laughs> I'm heated over here. Uh. I am too. I get it. Well, unfortunately, we don't have a Holly's joke this week. Oh, oh we don't! We don't oh do my gosh! <laughs> we don't have a... But we'll be back with a joke next week. Promise. Yes. And in the meantime, you can go to our Instagram at Mommy's Horror to view pictures from today's episode. You can check us out on Facebook. I think we're just listed as Mommy's Horror Podcast, but right now I'm tired and it's late, so hopefully that's right. Uh, and there's pictures there too, and you know we post there sometimes as well. And then you can... Go, holy shit I just lost my train of thought you can go to TikTok for some videos we're gonna make more fun videos that's at Mombie's Horror we're uh, brainstorming so just wait you wait it's gonna be worth just it just you wait uh, and then the Mombie's Discord is where we're building our community you can go in and see some fun memes you can uh, tell us which butler you think is hottest hint it's Gerard it's always Jerry 
Uh, and you can uh, share your memes, your horror memes, your true crime memes, and you can talk about the episodes. Tell us what you thought, what we Come missed. hang. Come hang out with us. Share some opinions. Let's get into some debates. Let's talk about it. Absolutely. Kindly. Kind, kind debates. So that's the Mombies Discord. And then last, but certainly not least, if you want to support the podcast and help us upgrade our equipment and all those fun things, you can join our Patreon, become a patron. We will eventually come up with a better name for that, but our brains are a bit busy trying to make you guys episodes. So, um, and there you will get bonus episodes. Uh, we just released our first one and you will get uh, early release and then, you know, more stuff as we get bigger. So come support us so we can do more cool shit for you guys. Absolutely. And I think that's it. And leave us a review. Let yes. us know how we're doing. Yes. Come interact. Tell your friends. Yes. Tell Invite your everybody friends. who likes true crime and women who cuss. Absolutely. <laughs> They'll <laughs> and, love it. And weird brains like mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll catch you next week. In the meantime, sweet dreams, spookies. Sweet dreams.